0: So the theme, the theme for this fall is connectedness, being connected. And it's kind of a trendy word, that that word being connected. In a lot of ways, as a society, we are more connected than we have ever been before. This is a world in which I can crochet A flower for one of my sponsored children that I sponsor through Food for the Hungry. I can crochet that flower. I can give it to someone on the Cap Church team who's going to Uganda on a Sunday night. And on a Thursday, I can be texted a picture of Linda holding the flower that I have crocheted for her. What a miraculous world we live in that that... possible. So in many ways, we are more connected than we have ever been before. And yet, there are so many ways in which we are a disconnected people in a disconnected world. A recent Angus Reid poll determined that four out of ten Canadians said that they often or sometimes wish they had someone to talk to, but don't. Four out of ten Canadians. The Vancouver Foundation recently released a report that determined that Vancouver is the unhappiest city in all of Canada. Of all the 33 Canadian cities that were polled, Vancouver was determined to be the loneliest and unhappiest city based on the experience of social isolation of its inhabitants. That's only one kind of disconnection. It is a significant one and one that is very real to many of us. But this disconnection is much more complex than that. I recently read this very engaging and compelling book called Lost Connections. I recommend it to you. It's by Johan Hari, and he is not a Christian, but he chronicles in great detail, backing up his stories, which are compelling, with scientific studies, which are well-founded. He chronicles this, uh, this idea that an individual's experience of depression has a deeper source than just something that is a chemical imbalance in your body and while medication is often helpful it is not often the full picture and so Johann Hari talks about the real causes of depression as he understands and it's this disconnection from all kinds of things disconnection from meaningful values, disconnection from people, disconnection from meaningful work, disconnection from a sense of purpose, disconnection from the natural world, and the list goes on and on. Now, this person is not a Christian, but in so many ways, it diagnoses a very Christian problem. And it offers, in some ways, a very Christian solution. Johann Hari has a very... Um, secular view of the solution and yet if I could add to his diagnosis of disconnection and reconnection we are disconnected also from a sense of God's story we are disconnected from God we are disconnected from our greater sense of purpose and place because we don't know our place in God's story and we don't know our place as God's people This fashionable word, connectedness, is, of course, another word for that word you get sick of hearing about here at CAP Church, that word called shalom. Shalom and connectedness are virtually synonymous. That word, shalom, meaning peace or flourishing in in the Hebrew Old Testament, we find it running throughout the Old Testament. And in fact, this idea of wholeness, restoration, That's what God is about from the very beginning chapters of Genesis all the way through to the end in Revelation. That God is continually seeking to restore us, to reconnect us, to bring wholeness to us. And so that's our theme for the year and especially this fall. And we're trying some new things to reflect that priority. One thing that we're doing is this series, which we're calling Reconnected. And for, the next, for this Sunday and the next three, you're going to be hearing from myself as well as Rod and John, and you're going to be hearing our perspectives, our takes on what this disconnectedness and what the reconnectedness looks like in Scripture. So one thing we're going to do is to have a sermon series about it. But more than that, we're going to offer you a reconnection time with one another before the service starts, all of September and perhaps beyond. We also are offering a way of you reconnecting with God and with one another over meaningful and fruitful conversation about controversial topics. And we're calling that Reconcilable Differences? And you've already heard about this if you received the cat blast. It's a... A way of us seeking to understand one another, seeking to have genuine and honest conversations about issues that might divide us. And yet we'll see, I think, as we dig into those issues and as we listen really well to one another, that even if we disagree, our disagreements need not divide us. And so we invite you to mark in your calendars alternating Tuesdays starting October 1st, October and November, please come and join us at Lynn Valley United Church starting at seven o'clock. You can come to one, you can come to all, but we are really interested in hearing from one another and in exploring what it might look like for us to seek God's reconciliation, even if we continue to have deeply held differing beliefs. Another way that we wanna offer you to consider pursuing reconnectedness, is with what we're calling formation groups. So you can guess by the word, by the way that we've spelled formation, it involves four people, yourself plus three other people at CAP who might be interested in growing more deeply spiritually. A more personal setting in which you can know one another and be known and encourage one another in your life with Christ. So it's going to be something that will be very simple, maybe a 90-minute meeting every other week, maybe once a month, if that's what you can commit to. And it will involve sitting down and going through a, a series of questions that we're inviting you to ask one another. We're going to give you ways of responding to one another and some words to say over one another as you pray to close that time. You can do it face to face. Hopefully, that's how you'll do it. But we're thinking, you know what? If all you can manage is maybe a, a, a Zoom conversation or a Skype call, that might work too. So email me, please, if you would be interested in pursuing being formed by God's presence in these groups. I think that we'll start them probably sometime in October and we'll continue them for about nine months. If you have any questions about that, please feel free to come and talk to me after that. The last thing I want to tell you about is that we're going to be looking at the book of 2 Corinthians in October and November. We're going to be approaching it kind of from a thematic perspective. But if you're interested in reconnecting with God through scripture, then why don't you start reading through the book of 2 Corinthians? I've mapped it out. Starting now, if you start this week, you can do one chapter a week and be done the book by the beginning of December. And every week in the blast, we'll give you the chapter that you're meant to read, and just one question for you to give some thought to as you go through your week. So I invite you to take time to consider one way that you wanna pursue this reconnectedness this fall. And maybe you thought of another way to do it. Maybe something sprang to your mind right away, or maybe something will percolate as I continue to talk as we share this scripture that we're gonna be looking at. But do think and pray about one way that you wanna pursue that wholeness, that connectedness that God has for you. So as I've already said, this thread of God pursuing reconnection with us, that thread is throughout scripture. So there are all kinds of stories that I could pick to illustrate this, but I think one of the best ones comes from Mark chapter 5. And just before I invite Archie to come and read it for us, I'm going to give you a few things to listen for as Archie reads the scripture for us. So this is a very familiar passage, Mark 5, chapter 1 to 20. It's this one about this person who is possessed by many demons. And so there's all kinds of ways in which the passage is troubling. There's all kinds of ways in which it's maybe a little bit sensational. And at some point, these Evil spirits get sent into pigs, which is just kind of weird. But don't be distracted by any of those things that seem otherworldly to you. What I want you to listen for is the sense of disconnection and reconnection. So let this be a story about disconnection and reconnection, and see what might emerge as you listen with that kind of filter, all right? Okay, Archie, would you please come? And read for us
1: well as mark tells it Jesus and his disciples were across they went across the lake the Sea of Galilee to the region of the Gerasenes. and when Jesus got out of the boat a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him now this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, what do, you want to, what do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Jesus asked him, What's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission And impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. Now the herd, about 2,000 in number, they rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. And those tending the pigs, they ran and reported this in the town and countryside and told the people. And, And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, clothed, in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As as Jesus uh, was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so the man went and he began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed.
0: Thank you, Archie. Here we have this vivid portrait of a person who is disconnected in every imaginable way, unwell in mind and body, fragmented within himself, and most clearly to me in this passage, socially isolated and invisible in many ways to his community. Did you notice that he doesn't even have a name? One way to know if someone is an invisible kind of person is whether they're given a name in scripture. Oftentimes in the New Testament, you'll find that the men get names. Very rarely does a woman get a name. Very rarely does someone who is unwell or ill get a name. And so this person is socially isolated and invisible to his community. They've they've tried to bind him to control him not necessarily to care for him although maybe that binding was trying to prevent him from hurting himself which he has clearly done they've sequestered him away to the most isolated place they want to pretend that he doesn't exist anymore and i'm not here to theologize about demon possession and whose fault it was and what this person did And I don't think that that's actually the the focus of the passage either. What this passage tells us is that, that this person was suffering terribly. And some of it was because of the isolation and the shame that he lived with. And amidst this complex fragmentation, amidst this experience of profound disconnection that this person has, enters Jesus. The presence and activity of Jesus here bring wholeness. This person as a result of the words and the power and the presence of Jesus, this person is fully restored. Sound in mind and body, scripture tells us. Integrated inside and out. Reconnected to himself, he's in his right mind. He's reconnected to God. He has this relationship with, with God through Christ. And he even, he wants to press in more to that. Do you notice that? He begs Jesus, take, take me with you. I, I feel this newness in me, and, and I want to be where you are. And the response of Jesus is so interesting, isn't it? Because there are times when Jesus says to his followers, his his apostles, come follow me. Leave behind your family, leave behind your job, and come follow me. But that's not what Jesus says to this man, is it? No, he sends this man back to his community. He wants the reintegration to be complete. He says to this man, no, go back, and you tell this community how much I have done for you. And it's interesting that if you think of this story as one of disconnection and reconnection, even that whole showy piece about those spirits going into the pigs, it occurs to me that maybe Jesus did that in order to make sure that there was a whole crowd of people watching what happened to those pigs. Because clearly, those people didn't care that much about that man anymore, because they left him alone, but they cared a lot about those pigs, right? So these pigs go rushing off the mountainside, and everyone gathers to see these pigs, and then they turn, and they see this man, this man who's barely recognizable because of the wholeness that Jesus has brought about. So part of me wonders if the pigs were just a little bit of a a draw to call everyone's attention to the activity of God that was actually taking place in this person. So let's give this man a name, just for the sake of a conversation. Let's let's give him a very non-Jewish name. Let's just call him Fred. Think about Fred. And as you think about the story that you've heard, how are each of us like Fred? How do you currently experience disconnectedness? Now, I'm not here to suggest that I'm willing to do an exorcism on any of you, so I'm not actually asking if any of you are demon-possessed today but I am asking you to consider what your experience of disconnectedness looks like in your life. Are you just running like crazy from thing to thing? You feel like you're running in five directions at once most of the time. September is a busy month for sure for lots of us, especially those of us who have school-age kids. But are you feeling right now that you have very little capacity to be present to yourself, or to God, or to the people in your life that matter the most? Is that your experience of disconnectedness? Is that how you're like Fred today? Or maybe you feel like Fred, like you feel like there's no place where you're known. There's no place where you're seen. There's no place where you belong. And we do all have our demons, friends. We do all have those places deep within us where we feel shame. Where we feel like, you know, people are nice to me and they accept me, but if they really knew, they wouldn't want me to be here. They wouldn't want me to be their friend. Is that how you're like, Fred, today? That you think maybe there's a place in your life that isn't really worthy of the attention of another person or of the touch or the grace of God? It is the most effective tactic of the evil one to make us think that we're worse than anybody else. It is the most effective tactic of the evil one to make us think that we are unacceptable. That's a lie, friends. And the presence of Jesus reminds us that we are welcomed into God's presence. the presence of Jesus as we allow it to permeate our innermost being, as we listen to the truth of scripture, as we listen to the words of acceptance of another person that we trust, the presence of Jesus can bring reconnection and wholeness to our lives too. Not necessarily here in this very moment, although perhaps, but as we continue to believe what God says about us is true, which is that we are the beloved, that we are entirely worthy of being loved by our good God. And as we are continually reminded of that by one another, we begin to break free of those shackles in which we live with. How can the presence of Jesus transform your present experience of disconnectedness? And how do you want to pursue that wholeness that God has for you this year, this moment? Maybe it begins with a prayer, a prayer that you pray right now or a prayer that you make yours throughout this week. Lord Jesus, where in my life do you want to bring wholeness? Lord Jesus, where in my life do you want to bring wholeness? So that's my first question for you today. How are you like Fred? And how does Jesus want to transform that experience of disconnectedness? A characteristic of the kingdom of God's love for us is that all are welcomed, all are included, I've already alluded to that. All parts of ourselves, even those parts that we're not proud of, all parts of ourselves are included and everyone is included. Everyone is invited to taste and see that God is good. And so my second question is, how are we like the community that's depicted in that passage? How are we like Fred's community? Are there invisible people here in our midst? Are there invisible people in your daily life that you fail to see? I mean, it's kind of a rhetorical question, right? Because if they're invisible and you can't see them, then why would, how could you say yes to that question? But we do, I think, all have people in our lives that are unnamed for various reasons, individuals that we inadvertently overlook. Exclude, write off. How can the presence of Jesus open our eyes to that disconnectedness? How can we, as a community, pursue that wholeness that God has for us as we seek to include and invite one another? And maybe you can't even get your head around who it is that you might not see. And so if that's the case, if you don't even have an inkling of who it is that might be invisible in your midst, then a good prayer, a good prayer to pray might be, Jesus, help us to see the invisible people in our midst. Who are we missing? Who who isn't named but deserves a name? And so I invite you to have those questions just to kind of roll roll around in your mind and your heart as we respond now to God in worship. I'll invite Andrew and his team to come. And we have this musical part of our worship now to remind us all that whatever we do, however we live, is a response to God's goodness And so let this worship now be a response to what you hear and a response to your longing for wholeness for yourself and for this world.